0: I want to talk to you about something that is really uh, dear to my heart and it's it's this is a sermon I'm just like man we got to move and go and go and go but I want to talk to you about learning to say yes learning to say yes are we at a place yet that we're done saying no to God You know, are are we there yet? Because because here's the truth. We start every new year off and we're like, this year I'm going to do this. This year I'm going to do that. This year I'm going to do this. And that's great and that's fine. But so many times we fail to say yes to what God is asking us to do. And are we at a place that this year, that this moment, we start saying yes? And here's what I believe is that a lot of us underestimate the power of a small yes. A lot of us underestimate the doors that a yes can unlock, but the Bible says this, don't despise small beginnings, right? And your yes may seem small, but what I can tell you is it can have a profound effect, a massive effect on the future and trajectory of your life if you will be obedient in saying yes, uh, when I first met my wife, Casey, if you don't know what my wife looks like, this is a picture of me and her um, not too far back in the distant future, past, excuse me, the distant future. I am a time traveler, um, but the, uh, this is a picture of us at a wedding, and if you've met Casey, you know i married way out of my league, um, amen. I, I know, I know, I know, I know, it's probably the only amen I'm getting today, I know, right? Um, and and there's so many people are like how like how did that happen? How did a guy that look like that look like this in mid high right? Um, that guy right there that's not even look, like not even looking at the camera. Like my sister and mom are looking at the camera, and I don't know. And my dad still orders the picture. I'm like awesome. Thanks, dad. Um, that helped my esteem even more so. Right? How does a guy that looks like that? who when he met Casey was driving a car that looked like this, right? Don't hate the player, just hate the game, I'm just saying. Um, and the interior looked like this, I mean, luxury. Like I was, it's red on red, baby. Um, electric seat belts and all, that was my car. Uh, I'm just letting you know. Here's the deal. Some of you are like, how? How? Because Casey looks remarkably like she did when I first met her. She's been beautiful ever since I've met her, right? And that's not just for bonus points. That's just truth. So how? How? Here's what I want to let you know. If you are struggling with your belief, is there a God? Um, If you're struggling with... Um, atheism, anything like that. I'm just telling you, the only reason that she said yes is because of God. Um, Because my wife will tell you, she goes, if you think 45-year-old Justin is a lot, you should have met 19-year-old Justin um, that had no filter. And you think he has a filter now? Had no filter. And, like, when she met me, she was just like, you're a lot. Like, you're just... A lot. She said it smiling, so I didn't know she was like saying something mean to me. Like she's like, "You're," and she still to this day is like, "You're you're a little a lot right now." My girls, even you're you're a lot sometimes. And um, you know how how did this is, how did this all work? Because she wouldn't date me for several months. And I kept asking and she kept just, she never really said no. She just never really answered, right? Like, I'm just going to move along. Hey, what are you doing? Like, hey. And so, so I, you know, she finally said yes. And I like to think that her saying yes to dating me and her saying yes to marrying me ranks in her top 25 yeses of all time. Um, somewhere in that top 25, maybe even like saying yes to marriage was in her top three, followed by, you know, asking Jesus for as our Lord and Savior and trying death by chocolate at Bennigan's, you know, like something in the moment. But, but I like to think that it's in her top three yeses, right? And, and here's what I can tell you is that neither one of us had any idea the plan God had for us as a couple, us as pastors. But because we were willing to say yes in different moments, man, God has done so, so much. And some of you are, are failing to say yes because it's not certain what you're saying yes to. You need to have the diagram, you need to have the 10-year blueprint of what it's all going to look like, and so you're not saying anything, and so today our text is going to be the book of Jonah. I'm going to talk to you about Jonah, and when I say Jonah, and I say this phrase, we all know Jonah and the whale, well, right, right. Some of you Bible scholars are like, it's not a whale, well, it's a big fish. The Bible says big fish, it's a whale too, right? I'm just going to say well to get on all the Bible scholars' nerves, um, so... Jonah and the whale, right? We don't know, we don't think when we hear Jonah, we don't think Jonah and the Ninevites. We don't think Jonah and Tarshish. We don't think Jonah and disobedience. We think of Jonah and the whale. And today, as I talk to you today, we're going to cover the whole book of Jonah, Jonah, which is four chapters. So if you've never read Jonah, you should go back and read it. Um, But I want to talk to you about Jonah and his failure to say, Yes, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 2 says this, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. And he bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And, and here's what I wanted us to know. When, when verse 1 and 2, it says this the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai Get up and go to the city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are. When God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh, there's no confusion to it. There's no like, oh, God, I, I didn't hear you. you. Can you speak up? Right? Like, there wasn't any mumbling. Like, when you get in a fight with your spouse, and, and the men are like, oh, sorry, who's boss? Like, well, I, you didn't. Like, what'd you say, honey? Like, oh, nothing, nothing. Um, you're, you're mumbling. You don't really want to. God didn't mumble. He didn't stumble. He didn't stutter when he's telling Jonah this. But what does Jonah do? He doesn't say no, right? He doesn't say anything. He goes quiet. Jonah goes dark. He ghosts God, right? Like some of you are like, oh, that's what that means. Yeah, like he just doesn't say anything. It's kind of like when you're texting somebody and there's bubbles going on and then you ask that girl on a date and it just goes dark and you're like, what happened to the bubbles, right? They went quiet. They went dark on you. It got awkward. Like, I don't know what to say. They didn't say no, right? But they sure didn't say yes. And their inactivity and their failure to say yes is the same as saying no. And here's what I bet Jonah would tell us. In that moment, well, I didn't really say no. Right, I I really didn't say no. I just failed to say yes. And some of you, that's where you're at. Some of you, you know what God's asking you to do. You know what he's purposed in your life to do. You know he has a plan for you and you haven't said yes to it. And I want to push back at you for a little bit. Because here's what I would tell you. Failure to obey is still called disobedience. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. And some of you today, it's about the biggest thing you can do today. It's just simply be willing to say yes. So why did Jonah say no? Why did Jonah say no? It's simply this. He didn't like what God was asking him to do. He didn't like it. I don't want to go to Nineveh. Jonah didn't like the Ninevites. He didn't like those people. Those people were savages. Those people were barbarians. In fact, historians got this scroll from one of the Ninevite kings that reads like this. It says, in strife and conflict, I besieged and conquered the city. I failed or killed 3,000 of their fighting men with the sword. I captured many troops alive. I cut off some of their arms and hands. I cut off of others their noses, their ears and extremities. I gouge out the eyes of many troops. I made one pile of the living and one of their heads. And I hung their heads on trees around the city. Here it is. People's heads were their wind chimes at Nineveh. Like that's, that's the picture. And so, to put it in terms that we would kind of understand, to Jonah, the Ninevites was like terrorists to Israel. And Jonah doesn't want to go. He he does not like what God is asking him to do. Instead, Jonah wants God to wipe him out. But God, Jonah doesn't want to give him any warning of coming impending doom, impending judgment. He's just like, I'm not going there. Why? Because he's scared and he doesn't want. To do it. And if we were to be truthful, many times the reason we don't say yes is because we're either scared, we're either fearful. I'm not scared of anything. No, no, no. Be honest. You don't know what that yes is going to lead you to, or you don't like it. But here's what I want to tell you about your path and your life, and it's simply this. God's plan is not based on your preference. God's plan wasn't based on what Jonah wanted. It's not... And we want to get this backwards. Well, I need God to do what I want Him to do. That's not this. It says delight yourself in the Lord. Learn to delight yourself in the Lord to get a heart that's going after God and then He will give you the desires of your heart. That means your desires have been changed to whatever God's wanting you to do. That's what you're desiring, right? It's not why well, I desire a Camaro. I desire a Corvette. I desire this mansion. Where's all the desires in my heart? No, no, no. You failed to delight yourself in the Lord. And God's plan, man, I know this kind of stinks, isn't based and isn't predicated on your preference. On you, like God, didn't go, so Jonah, let's, let's flush this out. So what, what do you think here, bud? Do you think that's a good idea for you to go to Nineveh? Do you think this is a good plan? I mean, I, I, it makes sense. I think they need a second chance. And no, no, no. God just said, hey, go to Nineveh. Don't, don't go somewhere else and proclaim judgment is coming. But Jonah didn't like it. It wasn't his preference. But God is more about what is actually good for you and best for His kingdom than what you want. Let me say that again. God's plan is about what's best for you in His kingdom over what you want and what you like. For all of you parents that have little kids right now, especially tiny babies where you just kind of introducing, you know, you start with formula or milk and then you start introducing cereal to them and they're kind of sitting up and what well, I think it's called a boppy or something like that. We're just going to keep going forward, but um, they're in the seat and they're, they're sitting there and you're feeding them, you know, cereal and all this stuff and it blows their mind. They're like, wait a second, something more than liquid. And then you start with the fun foods, right? You got to feel like give them stuff that actually tastes like food and some of you mean people give them like hams carrots and beets in the same jar it's like all self-contained I'm like no no person wants to eat that period combined together right but you're doing it and here's what happens you give that little baby that child Crawford's I'm thinking of you guys because I saw it um but you give that baby some 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 food and they just start going like Stevie Wonder right they're just like ah like this they're about to fall out, you know, I just call, anyways, they just, no, and it's not like once they start doing that, you're like, oh, okay, okay, you, you don't want, you know, carrots, you don't want peas, you don't want green beans, you know, let me get, let mama get you some ice cream, that's what grandparents do, not what parents do, right, and so you give your child what's best for them, even though it's not their preference, because you know what's best for them in the long run. Can I tell you, God knows what's best for you. He knew what was best for Nineveh. He knew what was best for Jonah in the long run. And it may not have been his preference, but God loves you enough to do what is best for you. So if that's the case, why do we keep saying no? Right, if that's something we know, then why do you and I, keep having a tendency to ghost God, to go silent on God, to just say no instead of following where he's leading. Well, one of the reasons is we've said no to God because we're busy saying yes to everyone else, All right? And here, here's the simple truth. Sometimes it's more fun to say yes to everyone else than it is God because there's instant gratification through it. You get to please people, you get to make people happy, you get to thank you, you get this, and usually saying yes to God involves a process. He is a crock pot, not a microwave, right? He makes things really, really good, but you got to be willing to wait, or you can have a TV dinner type of Christianity. Nobody wants that. And, And here it is. Most of us, the reason we can't say yes to God or we're not willing to say yes to God is because we are saying yes to everyone else. And I have come to understand that everybody I say yes to, when I say yes to this thing or to this person, I'm saying no to this thing and this person. And the same is true when your relationship with God. Well, I just want to say yes to make them happy. I just want to say yes because everybody else is going to say, well, why are you doing that? Or why are you living your life like that? Or why does your life look like this and not like mine or not like theirs? Because I'm saying yes to God's way instead of everyone else's way. Let's flesh this out a little bit. For all of you that are dating right now, are you doing it? Are you saying yes to his way? Are you saying yes to your way and to culture's way? Into your boyfriend's way, into your girlfriend's way. I'm gonna look online right now, so nobody thinks I'm looking in their face right now. This means, are you doing it God's way, or are you busy shacking up? But it makes sense. I know it makes sense. I know financially it makes sense. But are you saying yes to God's way? Are you saying, yes, well, my, 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 my significant other, that's what you call a spouse. The person you are dating, right? The person I'm dating, that's what they're comfortable committing to. Are you doing it their way, what they're comfortable with? Or are you being obedient? Are you just staying silent? Are you kind of probably like the little kid right now? Like, I don't want to hear that anymore, right? Like, you just want to move on, move on. No, 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 we're going to camp out of here a little bit. Lean into the awkwardness for just a second. Are you, well, but, but all, all he is comfortable with is just kind of where our relationship is and, 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 and you know, kind of living together but not being married, but we're, we're going to get there one day. Well, of course he's comfortable with that. Because let's be honest, without getting x-rated here, let's be honest. You're not just living together. You're doing things together. Right? And you know, you know this, you know this right now. You know, I don't have to tell you that's not the way God intended it. We know that. Moving on. What about your finances? Well, my finances, you know, I'm, but why your finances should look different than, well, why don't you spend your money like that? You know, why, why does your financial life look like? And, and we keep saying, well, next year and the year after that, and the year after that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on track, and I'm gonna go, you know, no, 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 no. Learn to say yes now. Learn that there's significance in your yes now. Stop living your life that looks like everyone Your life and my life are supposed to look different. Learn to say yes. Now, for some of you, it's just what you're doing with your life. Some of you, you are 40 years old, and God is calling you to start a new career, to start something different and new. And it freaks you out because you're like, but Justin, I've been doing the same thing for 20 years. I know it doesn't mean that God still isn't asking you to move to your Nineveh, to move towards your Nineveh. But Justin, I'm not not sure. Hear me. I love what Tyler Dietering did this past year. In 2020, Tyler Dietering started a construction business. Who does that? Like, you're like, did you see what this year was? Yep. He started a construction business, and because he was willing to say yes, God has blessed the rest, and it's going berserko for him right now. But he didn't just stay where fear kept him. He was willing to say yes to his life looking different than everyone else's. And don't be more willing to say yes to everyone else than you are to the one you are supposed to be called to follow in the first place the most. Second thing is this, when it comes to saying no, is that it's easy to say no because there are always will be a boat going in the opposite direction. Right? There's always going to be a boat there's always going to be an option for you to find going the other way than where God is calling you to. He's at the port of Joppa and he goes to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. I'm going to call that tartar sauce because it sounds like that. Um, He goes to tartar sauce instead of Nineveh, right? He goes to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. But here's what I want you to understand is that Nineveh is 500 miles away from the port of Joppa. But Tarshish is 2,500 miles in the opposite direction on the southeast side of Spain. It took, or it was going to take Jonah way longer to get to the place of disobedience than it was if he would have just followed where he was supposed to go in the first place. Can I tell you, that's what disobedience does. Man, it, it took more effort for Jonah to get to his place of disobedience than what it would have taken for him just to be obedient in the first place. And some of you, if you've ever would put the same energy into being obedient as you do and being disobedient, your life would change. I'm going to tell you, sometimes you've got to be a lot more creative and put a lot more energy and effort in being disobedient than you do being obedient. Some of you, you've got burner phones that you're hiding, right? Some of you are like, what's a burner phone? Don't worry about it. <laughs> Some of you, you got to keep up with your, alibi, your alibis and allies to keep your story straight. You're trying to stay creative. You're trying to hide all the websites you go to. You've got websites to help you cover up your affair and you're using all these creative means and it's taken so much energy and you're so freaked out if you would just be willing to go where God go to your Nineveh because here's what I can you will always find a way to be disobedient if you're looking for it Jonah found a boat going in the opposite direction he there's always going to be a boat going in the opposite direction but here's what I love God loves you enough that if you're on that boat going in the opposite direction, if you've not said yes to where he's calling you to that Nineveh, he loves you enough to rock the boat. He loves you enough to rock the boat. Don't rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat, right? Like, you know, to rock the boat. Like, I, 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 you know the story of Jonah, Jonah goes to Tarshish, and what happens? The Lord sends a storm, and Jonah's down there asleep, and he's like, I didn't hear a storm. And the sailors wake him like, hey, bro, we're about to die. Get up here. And so he gets up there, and he's like, it's my fault, right? Like, I'm the guy, the reason the storm's going on. And I I want you to think about this, right? Like, there's Jonah saying, hey, I'm the guy, the reason the storm's happening, That's me. That's pretty self involved there. Like, I caused this, right? And so they go, okay, okay. are you sure, man? And then he's like, yeah, just throw me overboard and I'll calm down. So they throw Jonah overboard. And and you know what happens next? Jonah gets swallowed by a whale, right? And here's what I love Jonah, chapter 1, verse 17. Now the Lord provided, everybody say, provided. The Lord provided a huge fish, whale, to swallow Jonah. (laughs) And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Since the Lord provided a fish. Right? When, when I remembered this story, I always looked at it as punishment, right? Like, oh man, that would stink. You would smell like a fish. You got vomited up by a fish. Like, just gross. Like, oh man, that would be the worst. But this word provided comes from the same tense as the word provided is used when God provided manna to the Israelites. He provided restoration to happen. Right? Jonah messed up. Jonah decides to go to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. Jonah Jonah missed his moment, but God loved Jonah enough to rock the boat to send a fish, to provide a fish so that there could be a reset for Jonah's life. And some of you, you are dealing with situations and you're like, well, this, this isn't what I thought a loving God was all about. And, this, and the simple thing is this, your mistake Man, maybe you feel like I miss my opportunity, I miss my moment. God loves you enough to rock your boat, to provide a fish so that there can be a reset because you may have missed an opportunity, but you cannot and you have not missed God's plan and his purpose still for your life. It may look a little different, but he still has a plan and he still has a purpose. But here's what I want you to say, because right now it sounds like yes is easy. Right now it sounds like, yes, I'm ready to say yes. I don't wanna get swallowed by a whale. I don't want to get swallowed by a fish. Help me, Justin, right? But here's what I want you to know, is that saying yes to your Nineveh, it takes trust and faith. You see, it's easy to say yes when it makes sense. It's easy to say yes when it's some place you want to go. It's easy to say yes when it looks right, when it feels right. When everybody's saying, yeah, I'll go, that makes sense. What about when it's your Nineveh? Will you say yes then? What about when it doesn't make sense? What about when it doesn't look right? And it doesn't feel right, but you know that's where God's calling you. Are you going to go dark? Are you going to keep delaying? Or are you going to be willing to say yes? Proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 says this. We make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Right? We can make our plans, we can have all these, but the Lord determines our steps, the path we're going to take. Psalms 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Here's, here's how we want the Lord's like work and His word to work in our life, right? We want it to be, I'm not going to shine it in anybody's eyes, so you're welcome for that, but... Um, that's called worship, not sermon. Um, you're like, oh, the spotlight, it hit me. Um, but here's the deal: we want God's word and His plan to work like this, to where I can see where I am going, I can see where I'm heading to. This is no problem. But I've got my five year plan. I've got exactly what I know I need to do. And can I tell you, we were, <laughs> we, me and Fish went to church planning boot camp out in california and we showed up and they're like what's your five-year plan and we looked at each other like five years we're just talking about trying to survive for a year we got no clue what our five-year plan is and we just started making stuff up like we started cheating off other people like what's your plan okay that's our plan too right like i that's and, and we wanted to feel like this and we think god should work like this but can i tell you this is how it works Oh, man, I wish it was a spotlight. And maybe on Easter, it looks like that. (laughs) Or a new worship song comes out, and you're like, oh, I feel it now, right? Or you read a new passage that sticks out from the Bible, and you're like, ah, but but hear me. His word's a lamp unto your... He's not giving you five years down the road. He's saying, are you willing to take the next step? Are you willing to take that path where you've got to trust me? You've got to have faith. You may not like it, but man, God's plan's not up to buy, It's not not based on my preference. Are you willing to trust me? Are you willing to have faith in me that my word is a lamp unto your feet and a light? It's not going to be a spotlight, but can you trust me? Can you have confidence in me? And here's what I can tell you: You can follow God's lamp, and you can follow the pattern that He has mapped out before you. And can I tell you? Sometimes, where you end up still isn't where you expected to be. Hmm. If you look at the story of Jonah, Jonah goes. He says, "Coming judgment, pending judgment is coming. What happens to the Ninevites? They repent." The exact thing Jonah didn't want to have happen, happened. Right? And it says this in Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. For all you type A's, this is your verse for the year, right? This change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. Why? Because instead of God wiping out the Ninevites, One hundred and twenty thousand of them got saved. One hundred twenty thousand of them repented, and it wasn't what Jonah expected. It wasn't what Jonah wanted, and what Jonah thought was fair. And some of you, that you're just like Justin. I I I've been obedient. (laughs) I've said yes. And can I tell you what I am experiencing isn't what I was expecting. It's still hard. It's still difficult. But will you still be willing to say yes? Because here's the problem for Jonah. Jonah let his emotions get in the way that he missed the miracle of the day. He let his emotions get in the way that he didn't take time to look back on all the goodness and the great things God Had done. And in Jonah chapter 4, verse 4, God has a moment with Jonah and he says, Is it right for you to be angry about this? I know it's not what you wanted, Jonah. I know it's not what you expected. But do you have a right, Jonah? Are you at a place that you should be angry about this? some of you life does not look like what you thought it was going to look like it's not fair it's not what you expected and what do we do we get angry we get i said yes i did what you asked my brother-in-law and sister-in-law they've been in ministry for over 25 years i have an older sister and uh edgar and stephanie were youth pastors in oklahoma city and um pouring their lives into teenagers into Uh, uh, families into the church, and they had a baby girl named Gabby, and Gabby, uh, my niece, is grown up. She served here. Some of you know Gabby. Some of you don't. That's fine, Um, but in the process of Gabby being little, they knew they were going to want to have another child, and my sister got pregnant with twins, and my sister is about all the way through her second trimester when all of a sudden at the end of her second trimester, she loses the twins, And the really difficult part of it, besides that, is that she had to carry the babies for another four weeks. She knew that there should be life, but that life was gone. And she's got to be a youth pastor's wife. She's got to go through and go to church and go to youth conferences and there she is and and she spent a life saying yes. Spent a life making other kids lives better. Spent her life making families better. And God, I've said yes and I I followed your path and I trusted you and I took steps of faith and yet this is where I am at and this is how I am treated and this is how I am dealing with and this isn't what I expected and this isn't what I asked for. And some of you, you're right there this morning. This isn't fair, Justin. This isn't what I expected, Justin. My dream wasn't Nineveh. This this wasn't about what I even envisioned in a million years. And yet, when I was with my sister several years ago, this happened. We're at a youth workers' conference, and they started singing this song. And my sister still has the twins, and she's still carrying those babies. She's still dealing with loss. She's still dealing with hurt and what could have been. And a song comes on, and there's, there's a phrase of it that says, You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have turned my sorrow into joy. She was sitting there, and rightfully so. She didn't feel like worshiping. She was mad. She was hurt. All these things, but I've said yes. I've done all these things. And God just whispered, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? Much like what he whispered to Jonah. Jonah. Do you really have a right to be mad at this? So this wasn't your plan. This wasn't what you expected. This isn't fair. What are you going to do with it? And in that moment, in that time, with tears streaming down her face, she lifted her hands up. She worshiped the Lord. I got to tell you, it's been years and yet my my sister can minister to people she never would have been able to minister to before. Man, she can relate to people going through hardships like nobody else before. She said, Justin, you know what? The reality is, if we would have had those twins, we probably would have stopped having kids. And I can't imagine my life without my youngest son, Jaden. Jaden never would have been there. I'm not telling you that God's plan is always going to be what you expected. It's not about your preference, but if you keep saying yes. Oh, I know it's hard. I know you're barely able to stand and I know you've taken steps of faith and trust and you are disappointed and you're angry and you're upset, but if you will keep saying, yes, God will do far above what you could ever dream, think about, or imagine, and he will make you fruitful in your net of life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray for, God, I pray for those that are here today, that God, they're upset, they're hurt, they're wounded, they're mad. I pray for those that are watching at home online. God, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't fair. I followed your path. I said yes. This is where I'm at. And God, I prayed that today in their hearts, in their lives, they would realize that even though it isn't what they expected, you're still ordering their steps. <laughs> Lord, you haven't lost them and you haven't left them. But going back to our prayer time, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God, you're still in charge. And all you're asking us to do, God, it's really easy to trust you and take steps of faith when we can see it and when it makes sense and when it it, it makes us feel good. But Lord, all you're asking us to do today is to keep trusting. To keep taking steps of faith even though we can just see the next step. But oh Lord, we would allow your word to be a lamp into our feet this morning and a light into our path. And that we would keep responding to you. Lord, I pray for those of us today that we've just gotten dark, we've grown silent, and we've just been going after our Tarsus instead of our Nineveh. We found a boat going in the opposite direction. We found a way to go in the opposite direction of where you're calling us. God, I pray today that you would intervene and you'd rock our boat. Lord, that you'd intervene and Lord, that you would provide a moment. God, we may have missed an opportunity, but you still have a plan that's not based on our preference, but is based on what is best for your kingdom and what is best for us. And so, Lord, I pray today that we would move. Yes, always involves movement, and we would move today, that we wouldn't delay, that we wouldn't do it our way, That we, but we would continue to follow where you're calling us to go. It is in Jesus' name I pray, with heads bowed and eyes closed. Today, if you're here, say Justin I'm here and when you read the scripture Jonah got upset at the change of plans that's where I'm at I got upset with my Nineveh I'm at the place where the way life has worked out it's not fair It's not fair. And I'm I got mad and I got frustrated and I got angry and I got disappointed and I stopped following God like I know I should. Man, I just decided to go my own way because I, I just couldn't continue to follow like I know I ought to be following my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And today, if that is you, you say, Man, I just checked out. I let anger win. I let frustration. I let disappointment win. And you say, Justin, I need to follow better. I need to recommit my life again. I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, I simply want you to lift your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life. There's hands already going up. One, two, three. Is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say, Justin, that's me. Man, I just, gosh, I got so upset. I got disappointed, and I know I'm not following like I ought to. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? Say, Justin, that is me today. If you raise your hand, if you please join me in this prayer, just mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. God, I'm sorry that I followed you based on my preferences instead of your plan and if I'm to be honest I'm frustrated I'm angry I'm disappointed but more than all that I want you I want your plan I want your path and so God I turn away from what I've made this And I say yes to you today. And I follow you today. And I commit my life to you today. And I say you are the Lord and the Savior of my life, Jesus Christ. It is in Jesus' name I pray.